wish this holy hell were accidental, but my chest is this knife's home, and the detectives are ruining alibis. It just seems to be coincidental how loudly the screams, blood and bone, of love and loss and wordless cries. Now I try to get the words just right, every syllable, every pulse beat calling, hoping some stupid line will turn back time. Not a minute, an hour, a day, a night goes by without memories crawling from depths not deep enough they cannot climb. But then your touch meets my wanting reach for just a moment that seems forever, and I find my love, my breath, my life once more. We lay together, talking with lips pressed against speech, our bodies crash in concert with burning endeavor, finding the solace we've always yearned for, like the breath the blood, and that damnable knife, you go deeper, having the time of my life. And that was The Burn Victim Was Admitted Despite Evidence of a Fire. I'm Doug, and this is Mr. Wright. That's a sonnet. You may not recognize the structure of it, but that's because I invented that structure. And we're going to get into the structure of a sonnet and redefining poetry in just a moment, but I have a story to tell about this piece. And this is something that I think a lot of writers who go to writing um, workshops or poets that read in public would really appreciate. And it shows how to barrel through some of the nerves you might have on this. I was writing a fair amount of poetry at the time, and a girlfriend, uh, then girlfriend, pretty much forced me to read it at something called Free Speech, uh, which was in the um, basement of a cafe she worked at, and she was basically conjoled me into going uh, to read stuff that she was concerned I was writing and um, not doing anything with it, kind of how my mindset was going into this podcast uh, show itself. So we went, and I signed up for it, and I was going to read three pieces, uh, Pop My Culture, Burn Victim, which is the truncated version of this title, and Amber Tinted Angel, which was my ode to whiskey. I was nervous. I'd never read it in public before. I'd only read to friends. I had, you know, done very small stuff like that, but never addressed a crowd, especially a crowd of other poets, other writers, and... I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's my friend, Ken Arkind, who, Google him if you don't know who he is, he's an amazing slime poet, internationally renowned, he had just gotten back from something in the Middle East, I think he was teaching Middle Eastern women of um, different religions how to walk a mile in each other's shoes through poetry. I mean, something amazing, and, and well outside my grasp at the time, and I was like, fuck, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I just got back into town. I'm going to read some stuff. I didn't know you did free speech. And I went, yeah, he knew the lady that ran it. Um, lady free speech, I think her name was, uh, or that was her sobriquet. And I looked at my girlfriend and said, I'm not doing this sober now. This is nerve wracking to have someone on that level who I went to high school with him. I mean, we're friends, but to have someone of that magnitude to, to be there to see my first reading um, and to listen to my first reading was nerve-wracking. So I went and I got uh, a few drinks in me. Uh, I didn't get drunk, but I needed a little tension release. And I got up there and I he read before me and he did this great piece and he dedicated it to the fact that I was going to be reading for my first time and that we were friends since high school. 
And that really put a spotlight on me while he was reading. But he read this great piece about being in high school. And he had uh, touched on a few things we did in high school, like trying to sneak into the Sandy Creek lounge to uh, underage drink and wearing Genkos and hanging out at parks and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, driving around neighborhood streets. I got up and I read and it went really well. I was very surprised. I was very calm. It didn't feel as much like a firing squad as I thought it would. And that's should be part of the takeaway is that it's always scarier in your mind uh, the second before the bullet hits bone. But once you're up there and you're prepared and you just go, I'm just going to read this and fuck everyone else because I'm doing what I love. All the nerves just wash away. But it went really well. And later on, I had talked to the then-girlfriend and Ken, and he was talking to me about this piece specifically, and I had told him that I wanted something very unique for that girlfriend. And so I invented a new rhyming scheme for sonnets. Now, when you look up sonnets, you're going to see a basic rhyme scheme, and I've talked about this on other shows, a basic rhyme scheme about, like, a uh, A A B B C C D D E E F F G H T H I think is is how it usually goes or A B uh, A B A B C D C D so forth. This is A B C uh, A B C D E F D E F. So every fourth line rhymes until you get to the end, which is just a couplet. The ranking scheme is very tricky in terms of reading it, which I'm sure you heard minutes ago. Visually, when you read it, you kind of get a better sense of that. You know, you see. On line A uh, ends in accidental, and then line uh, second line A uh, ends in coincidental. So you see accidental, coincidental, home, bone, alibis, cries, to give you an example. Um, and you can, while I'm talking about this, it might help that if you go to the website and go to shows and go to Mr. Wright and click on the book logo, there are there's an episode guide, and I've posted what I read. So that might help visually uh, help you as I describe some of this. I've never heard a sonnet uh, in this structure before. I've never seen one before I did it. Um, and I've never written one since because it's a massive pain in the ass. But it was a labor of love. And I had talked to Ken about, you know, developing a new rhyming scheme. And he goes, oh, I never really thought to kind of fuck with sonnets. Now, he comes from slam poetry and heavily influenced by beat poetry, which I recently have a new acknowledgement and understanding for beat poetry. I was never a huge fan of, of Kerouac, though I did love um, Burrow, uh, William Burroughs. I talked about using his cut-up technique a couple uh, shows ago. It's difficult to create something from nothing. It's harder to create something from something else. This was a piece that I struggled with mightily, like I said, based on that rhyme scheme and getting the rhythm of each line down and the um, the meter of everything. I highly recommend killing your darlings. And when I say that, I don't mean your pieces. I mean your idols. So I guess kill your idols, which is the name of a punk band. But anyway, I went, fuck you, Shakespeare. I can do it better. And in my mind, I did. Now, if Shakespeare were alive, he'd probably beat the shit out of me. But he's not, so he didn't. Coming from an established form like sonnets, it's harder to break out of a mold you've been taught or trained in. When you do free-form poetry, there is no form. Is that a harder form because there are no rules, or is it easier because of that? 
That is left to the poet, to the writer. I'm not going to say either one. I think I enjoy writing freeform, but then again, sometimes I think structure can better suit a piece. And in Burn Victim, I liked the structure of a sonnet, but I wanted to do something different, like I said. And it was very trying to snap out of a basic song structure, think of sonnet structure, sorry, think of something, uh, how to tweak it to what I wanted it to be and how I could make it work for me and how it could work for itself. You can do that. Um, I've talked up on previous episodes about trying to build a house and sometimes you need the structure there. This is a per- another perfect example of, I took the structure, I have the the framing of the house, But then when I went, you know what, instead of a bedroom, that's going to be a bathroom. Or I'm going to have a kitchen on the top floor and laundry room right next to it, as opposed to two bedrooms and a master bath or whatever. Enough with the house metaphor, though it is a good one. It was a lot of fun doing this, and I highly recommend trying to break out of the box inside your mind. Not to be confused with breaking out of the box, which is a whole other show um, in a couple uh, months. I highly recommend shattering some of your preconceived notions of structure. You might find something cool. You might find something unique, uh, much like this piece, which has always been one of my favorites. And it's one of my favorites because it's something no one had seen before, no one had heard before. And when I did it at Free Speech, it was the first time they all heard that. I know Ken really appreciated that I went, this is something new, and I don't think they know that. And I'm not going to tell them that. They're going to go and live in their lives thinking, well, there's that kid, and he read that weird piece with a really weird meter. And I'm going to go, you heard something you'd never heard before. Not only just my words, which they had never heard before, but this new structure. And it's something that I think I would like to uh, go back to if I were to write more poetry and go, how can I possibly perfect this structure of sonnet? Can I make this more widespread? You know, maybe I could do it ACB, ACB and kind of move around a bit of that, you know, kind of Burroughs cut-up technique um, would be really interesting to see on this one. Or just rearranging the rhyme scheme instead of ABC, ABC, I could do ABC, DEF, ABC, DEF, which would be fucking not impossible, but it would be really hard. And that's something that just talking on this show, I just thought of. And I just thought of another new sonnet structure that I want to play around with. So, like I said, kill your idols. Uh, uh, And apparently don't meet them, preferably before you kill them. Um, But I guess, how would you kill them? But that's a whole other story. I'm getting off on a tangent here, and I'm very sorry. Screw with structure. Screw with what you've been taught. Get taught it first, the structure, the way to tackle any problem, And once you have that solution, go, okay, how can I make that solution more personal? Mine. How can I make it into a piece that is singular to me, singular to itself? And how does that structure represent me um, in terms of the creativity to come up with it, in terms of the tenacity to tackle a difficult writing task, as most poetry is? So there's your advice. There's... A bit of an example from me, and there's some real-life application thus. So from Mr. Wright, I'm Doug. Remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on.
Yeah. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!